0: You know, sometimes there's moments in our life where we can feel like things are, hmm, they're moving in a new direction. It's these moments that many people will think of like a promotion or an upgrade or a transition. It it means that what you've done, what you've already accomplished has been recognized and it's time to go to a higher level. But… How do you transition? Hmm. Sometimes that could be a tricky situation. If you jump too fast or you jump before it's time, you might miss it. And sometimes if you don't move, you might miss it too. So there's always a strategy in the timing and that's what we're gonna talk about to- tonight. My guest is Tony Imson and she is an author, and she is awesome. She has been preaching and teaching, and she just has this understanding about upgrades and transitioning. And it's something that is on her heart, and it's been on my heart, and it's definitely been on Daddy's heart. So, thank you so much, Tony. Thank you for coming on Touch by Prayer.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Well, the last time you were here, it was we had so much fun. I was like, oh, Lord, we need to get her back. <laughs> and um, he started to talk to me about the month of March, that March was going to be filled with women of, like, of power and of purpose. And so the people that I've had on, I reached out to because I really felt that they were the people that needed to be heard. Because this next season, I believe that you're going to be heard a lot more.
1: Well. Wow. I'll take it. I really believe that, too. Yeah. I haven't for a while. Well, I
0: think that you've just gone through a transition.
1: I think I've been going through a season of change, transition, and now breakthrough. And I think there are, there are no formulas to things, but I think there are some patterns that happen. And I think we need to understand a little bit more about the pattern so we can see things coming. I think sometimes we're unprepared because we haven't really been watching the signs or seeing what's really going on, especially when there's times of disappointment and confusion. It really sort of clouds up everything, hmm. if that makes sense.
0: That does make sense. You know, I immediately you started to say that, you know, there's a pattern. The first person I thought about was Joseph in the Old Testament. Like every mm-hmm. time he thought like he was in a good place, he got like put into a bad place. <laughs> but it was, yeah. it was definitely to prepare him.
1: Yes, for sure. And I think that sometimes I just want to be really open with where I'm at and why I'm here and how I got here and everything. Absolutely. If, if that's okay with you. This this is this is
0: your time. So you
1: speak freely. <laughs> okay. And I think that there are things that, you know, when you've been a public person like I have, you know, I was a senior leader for about five years, um, just speaking different places, doing different things. You kind of develop this sense of privacy that you want back. And so for the last few years, after leaving um, occupational ministry, I went into the season of just wanting to be sort of more anonymous and a little bit more quiet. And I had a lot going on. And I think the last few years, there has been quite a big deal of suffering for me. Um, And I think that people don't like to talk about suffering a lot. It's not a popular topic. But really, it's the place of suffering is where we identify with Christ in a really deep way. And so I want to talk a little bit about suffering in the midst of change, transition, and breakthrough, because all of that is relevant when you're in the different seasons that you're in. And for the past few years, I've gone through a lot. Um, I had my daughter was a teenager, and she became pregnant and lives has been living in my home. The, the father was not involved in that, and so that's been the challenge. I have had health challenges. I had a lot of pain, physical pain. Um, I ended up having a hysterectomy last fall because I was in so much pain and suffering. And once they got in there and realized all the things I had going on, they're like, "Uh, you needed this for a long time. And so I went through that. I was diagnosed with diabetes uh, last year. And so I've been wrestling with that. And in the midst of that, I started to lose my eyesight somewhat in the past few months and I was like what the heck is going on with this eyesight thing and I went to the doctor and everything's fine it's just because my blood sugars have been fluctuating it affected my eyesight to where it was like blurry 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 and I just woke up one morning and it was like that and it was very scary and so I've been going through a lot of turmoil even in the few months after I resigned from ministry I'm going to tell you a couple things that happened to me that are really sort of comical now when I look back at them But really, the enemy was just messing around with me really bad to the fact where my husband and I went on a little road trip, and we ended up at this really fancy hotel um, near the beach. I don't want to say what hotel it is, but we were having a great time spending the night. And I woke up at 6 o'clock in the morning, jolted out of my bed, and I said, something bit me, something bit me. And um, he's like, what? What? And I'm like, I don't know what that was. And we flipped on the light, and there was this giant rat in our room. And it had bit me on the finger um, while I was asleep. And I know it sounds like a crazy story, but this hotel is like a world-renowned resort. They have like 4,000 rooms on their property. I just happened to be in the one room that he climbed up a tree, got in our room, and happened to bite me. That never happens. That never happens to anybody. That happened to me. And then I'm telling you a little bit about trauma and drama because I think they play a part in what we're going to talk about. Um, and then the next day, that same day, we went home after all this deal with all the people in the hotel coming in my room. Um, we, they caught the rat. It was this whole big deal. And then I went home that day. And then that night, I had gone to bed. It's still a little freaked out. When something like that bites you in the middle of the night, it's kind of intense. And I went to bed that night, and then I woke up in the morning really early. My husband wakes up at like four. And I told him, I'm cold. Can you put a blanket on me before you leave? So he put the blanket on me, and I fell back asleep. And maybe like 30 minutes later, I woke up itching like crazy, flipped on the lights because it was still dark, and I was covered in ants.
0: Oh my all gosh! Over my whole
1: entire body Like <laughs> to the next day. When you've been bitten by a rat and the next day you have an ant invasion, because what happened was we were having problems with ants off and on, and they like the smell of laundry detergent and fabric softener, this particular kind of ants. The blanket was in a clean laundry basket on the floor, and they were in there, and he didn't see them because it was dark in our room, and he didn't see that it was covered with ants. And then <laughs> And then I developed this really weird rash that I had for like nine months. I could not get rid of this rash on my legs. So I was like in the season of like Moses level where it's like a plague. You know what I mean? Moses. <laughs> I, I Honestly, I would what? think it's more Job.
0: <laughs> I mean, hey, seriously. It,
1: was, it felt like Job. Yeah. Because especially when you have those people in your life that come and they're like, well, you know, maybe you did something. Oh, no. Maybe you shouldn't have left ministry. Maybe, you know, you're sinning. You're not going to church anymore. Maybe, you know, all the Job's friends have all these suggestions for you. Mm -hmm. And then there's the Nehemiah people that when you're trying to build something, they come along and say, hey, who are you to do that? Who do you think you are? Why are you doing that? Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) So I went through this season of just ridiculousness. And I still am in some ways, you know. And I, I think what's gotten me through that is I have a lovely group of friends that we've all been through this same drama for a really long time. It's like one thing after another, your kids. One of my kids got in two accidents in that same period of time. I mean, I could just, the list goes on. And the reason why I'm telling you guys this is because these things are not permanent. They are temporary. And sometimes this is what change looks like. This is what transition looks like. This is what breakthrough looks like. And I really feel in this season, it's a season of transition and upgrades for a lot of people. And some are stuck in that place of going, when is this going to end? Why is this happening to me? All of those things that we have, and I think that there really is a word for God's people that it is not permanent, and we have to look for the upgrades. Mm. During this time, I found this little nugget of Scripture that really, really helped me a lot, and I want to share that. Is that okay? Absolutely. Okay. Um, There's a word for breakthrough. You know, a breakthrough means a sudden... Dramatic and important discovery or development. Um, it really just means a new place for sure. But there's this word, and a lot of people are familiar with this word in Scripture, the word Nike, which means victory, right? You've right. probably heard that word. Well, there's another word that tags along with that victory word that nobody talks about, and it's this word called agonia. Have you ever heard of it before? No,
0: I have not. It's
1: Strong's number seventy-four. And the definition of it is this, a struggle for victory, a se- se- of severe mental struggles and emotions, agony or anguish. And this word is used to describe and to be in reference to Jesus. In Luke twenty-two forty-four, 44, it says, And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was as if it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. He, it was that word agony. That word agony is also used in Luke twenty-two thirty-nine. And he came out and proceeded, and what it was as it was his custom to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples also followed him. And when he arrived in that place, he said to them, "Pray that you may not enter into temptation." And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and began to pray, saying, "Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me." That not my will but yours be done. And now, praying very fervently, his sweat became like drops of blood falling down upon the ground. And he rose from prayer, and he came to the disciples and found them sleeping from sorrow. And he said to them, Why are you sleeping? Get up and pray that you may not be enter into temptation. Jesus was on the verge of breakthrough in that verse and in those scriptures right there. Um, his garden experience was just prior to the onset of events that would set all of us free. This is, these are the sufferings of Christ that we all relate to, that we kind of blow off. We think it's the enemy. We think it's actually God's work in us that's coming through. And, we have to, and I looked at the scripture for a long time, and it's like, where was Jesus on the brink of breakthrough? He was in there. He's on the brink of it. What was he doing? He withdrew from the crowd. He was in prayer. He was negotiating with the Father. An angel came to strengthen him. He was agonizing, that word agonia. He he encouraged his disciples two times to pray that they may not enter into temptation. And this is what blew my mind about this. Scripture says the disciples were found sleeping from sorrow. We get when we get stuck in that place of sorrow, you get stuck in that pity party. We get stuck in that place of being broken and under it like I was all that time. How how many of you know that during that time, I felt like I had a curse? I felt like, what have I done? You know, you ever do something and go, oh gosh, I brought this on myself? All those places we end up. And really, it's God moving in our lives. It's that place of adversity. Agonia, it's that word that's connected with victory it's victory is right on the other side and i think so many give up' We're in they're in that place of difficulty and torment and loss and some people get thrown into loss you know they something happens they lose a spouse they lose a home um, i've also been in that place where i had to sell my house before i you know it was a very dark season but that was also the word i got during that time, was upgrades. And I think sometimes we have to search for those things. I know my husband and I like to travel. Like I mentioned, we were in a hotel that time, and we like to travel a lot. One of the tricks that we learned is we ask for upgrades. And you get them when you ask for them. One time we went to a hotel, and it was like, oh, do you have any upgrades for us, you know, when we check in? And they're like, oh, sure, you know what? The people in the suite just canceled. You can stay in the suite. No no charge. No extra charge. And it was like, really? Yes. Because we all all because we asked for an upgrade.
0: Well, do you think that some people forget to ask for an upgrade?
1: That- yes. Or they don't think they deserve one or yes. they don't think it'll happen to them. Yes.
0: <laughs> absolutely. And you know, it's it's interesting, Tony, when you were talking about that the, the disciples fell asleep. My my husband would joke with me when I would get really, 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 really upset he would call it the polary coma because i would go to bed and it's funny because my dad does it my mother does it my sister does it my bro- my other brothers do it when we get so upset when we become so spent and frustrated or hurt and so discouraged the only place that we know is to go to sleep so i'm kind of comforted <laughs> by that knowing that oh okay that's it's because you were just so upset but it's like I think I always felt like doing that was just to kind of get myself back, just to, to just not deal with it, just go to sleep, and when you wake up, then you can kind of deal with it with a fresh mind. That, that was always my philosophy. But I will say this, now I pray, and I don't, I, since, since I've gotten filled with the Holy Spirit, I think I've only had the Polaricoma Coma once, and, and that's been in almost eight years. So.
1: And I think we all sort of do that. We have those defense mechanisms. Sleep is a great one. I think we need rest. And so that's a part of rejuvenating and resting. And, like, I wake up in the morning sometimes like, okay, I just needed to go to bed. And I would think about something completely different. It's like, you know, when you're working on something really hard and there's no solution, and then it's like, I just give up. And you go to bed and then you wake up. Oh, all I have to do is XYZ. And it's like, why didn't this come to me yesterday? Because you needed that
0: rest well and, and need that place
1: of
0: sleep absolutely and and if we think about it you know jesus is always like saying about rest rest in me totally. you know don't worry don't worry that that's been that's been his his go-to word for me for the past couple of weeks lisa don't worry <laughs> that's all i keep hearing don't worry don't worry about this don't worry about that don't worry don't worry because what he started to show me about worrying was as you start to worry you start to lose your faith so worry is a faith happening.
1: yeah that's what was happening with the disciples really they had been through so much Mm. and seen so much both good and bad and it's like okay y'all are falling asleep now you need to wake up don't let sorrow get you don't let don't check out right you know we're all in that place of checking out i know i was really tired and i needed the break i needed to be anonymous for a while i needed to deal with stuff in a different way and there are areas of the heart that he was dealing with. There were just different things, and really for practical reasons. You know, what what most people do know that know me is I had started a construction company that grew really fast, and, you know, I did have a new granddaughter in my house. I had a lot of things going on that really required me to resign from my job and move forward and do something different. You know, a lot of us say, oh, yeah, we're pro-life, but then... You know, when this new child comes in, what are we doing about it? I really needed to change a whole lot of things. There was no way I could sustain the lifestyle I was living and help my daughter raise a baby. You know, there was no way that I could, you know, deal with what I need to deal with with a construction company and then preach all weekend and speak all over the place and pray for the sick, you know, on a daily basis and make hospital. There was just no way that I could do that and I really had to ask the Lord what are you doing with me and I think you know about a year before I left the ministry he was speaking to me about it and I didn't understand what he was saying or why he was leading me away from what he was but he just was and I had to really go with the flow and let go of my agenda and my plans and what God is doing with this and just go okay let's just start over from scratch and sometimes you have to do that And there's a reason, and a lot of times, a lot of my friends who are going through similar things with me, they would never be doing what they're doing now if it weren't for those big, huge changes that came unexpectedly you
0: know. Oh, I agree with that. I mean, when when you go through something, it and it's, it's interesting cuz as you were talking, I was reflecting about some of the stuff that I've gone through. And each of the things that I went through, it brought me closer and closer to God. Each thing, it brought me closer and closer mm-hmm. to God and until I could really start to understand what he wanted me to do. But like what my And I've I've spoken about this, I think, only once, but my mother was in a house fire in 2002, and she was burned over uh, 70% of her body, okay, her her arms, her legs, her buttocks, her back, so, and she had third and fourth degree uh, burns. So what they do is they take the percentage, they add it to your age, and that's, Basically, what they say, I th- or maybe it was 50%, but it, I mean, she was the chances of her recovering were like slim to none, and Slim left town. So the doctor was preparing me to. To you know, basically, you know, say your mom's not going to survive this. He said that her her lungs, I guess, on a scale of like from one being like not so bad to seven, which is like yeah, you're it just doesn't you're not recovering from it. I think she was like a six, so she was really close to her lungs not being able to be repaired from the damage from the smoke inhalation. And I remember the doctor saying to me that um. That I wasn't understanding the severity of what was going on, but but all I had was my faith. That was all I had, and I remember just like getting into this place. I was um I was pra- practicing uh, Catholicism at the time, so I went to um, a Catholic service at the church, and I remember. Just getting down, not caring, like to, completely against protocol, getting down on my hands and my knees and crying out to God to, to hear me and to save my mother, to please, please save my mother. Yeah. So when that doctor gave me that, that news that he did not think that she was going to recover, I actually said to him, you don't understand my mother. Now, I didn't understand God at the time, <laughs> but I said, my mother is extremely stubborn. And I said, and if God wanted her, He would have taken her, because her face was not burnt, which is crazy. Her face was like, like very. It was like first degree. He said, it's actually good. It's like almost like she got a uh, a facelift, because (laughs) that's that's what the doctor said. And I said, okay. I said, she's gonna. You're gonna see her walk out of here. And he goes, I don't think you understand the severity. And I said, no, you don't understand my mother. But I think what I. what I understand it to be now is you don't understand my God. You don't understand yeah. my God because he was strengthening me during an extremely difficult situation. And there were times that regardless of um, if I was having a bad day, I did not go and visit her. Like I refused to bring any type of doubt into yeah. the the hospital. But honestly, Tony, that wasn't from me. That was what God was telling me. He was like don't bring any of that stuff in. You have to just bring positive in there. You have to bring, you know, I played her favorite music. I I when I would go and talk to her, I would talk to her like she could hear me and I would just tell her all these things. But what what's interesting is it was just the strengthening that God did during an extremely difficult time. But when she got out, when she walked out of that hospital, we we actually went to a um we went to a bakery and we got some like cookies and stuff for the nursing staff because she was in the hospital for six weeks she walked and she walked back in there walking talking (laughs) bringing cookies Mm -hmm. to these men and women who basically saved her life and and you know it it was such a testimony to the goodness Mm -hmm. of 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 god because he would say to me you have to forgive her for everything she's ever done you can't pray for her if you don't forgive her that's what he told the first thing he told me, you have to forgive her for everything that she's ever done. And I thought and I I didn't even I wasn't speaking in tongues, <laughs> you know, but I always I always heard because God can break through. He can break through regardless of what you think and tell you what you need to do.
1: Yeah, it's so true. The the one thing that's been the probably the most difficult for me thing for me to deal with in the last year was someone very, very close to me, and I don't want to say who it is just to preserve their dignity, but someone very close to me has been diagnosed with some very severe mental illness issues, and that person's very close to me, so what happened was that person ended up being hospitalized three times for suicide attempts this year, and I was very much there. Like, had to leave my job for weeks at a time to take care of business with that person and just I mean, I just in that place of desperation of God, what are you doing right now? What is happening? While I'm sitting in the, the waiting rooms of these mental institutions and, and paying visits it's like, I don't know what else can happen to me at this point. You know, I've gone through the difficulty of losing friends and being betrayed. Those are some of the most difficult things losing, just losing, period, you know, being under extreme torment and attack and just a variety of things. But this thing was so filled with such grief and sorrow. It's like I could lose this person any minute. I could wind up finding them dead somewhere. You know, I could, they could hurt somebody else. You know, what, what do I even do with this? And just that place of grief, God was there with me. It didn't feel like it sometimes. I'm like, what is going on? Do I just, I mean, how much more torment can I take, you know? But really, it's so weird because just from that being in that place of just darkness, out of nowhere, things turned around for that person and for, you know, it's a family member of mine and for the whole family. It makes a huge difference, you know? And it's like, okay, wait a minute. There is hope because just yesterday, this thing was there and now, It's still there, and it will very likely be there, but it doesn't look like that. That depression's not there. That suicidal thing isn't there, although they have to learn, you know, methods to deal with what they're dealing with. I'm like, okay, God, you are still there, because it starts to feel like he's not. But the miracle of it is I'm changing in the process. I'm in that process of metamorpho, which is the word for metamorphosis. I am changing. It feels tight in this cocoon, it feels dark in this cocoon, it feels really ugly inside of here, but I'm changing as a result. That person is changing as a result of fervent prayer. God is moving even when it doesn't look like He is the way I think it should look, because I think it should look very different from what it actually looks like most of the time. Oh, yeah. my like, God. My trust in you has to grow deeper and deeper because these are things I can't control. These are things I can't change. I don't care how many essential oils I give this person, how much, you know, magic pills the doctor gives them, whatever. We still need you right here, right now in the midst of this change and transition and what our new world looks like.
0: Now, I, and, you know, it's interesting because as you were starting to talk about the butterfly, you know, that is such a great, that's a great example of an upgrade. (laughs) Because it it, is. if you think about the, the, the caterpillar, the caterpillar can only go as far as it can crawl and it moves extremely slow. But as a butterfly, it can fly all over the place. And in fact, there are times that the wind can just carry the butterfly and it doesn't even have to move. And the, the caterpillar has to eat bitter leaves where the butterfly gets to drink sweet nectar. But in that process, in that upgrade from the cocoon to being free, there, there, is, there are some butterflies that just don't come out. There are some butterflies that don't fight hard enough to, for the breakthrough. To break out yeah. for the upgrade, and I think that's that's the other thing too, is that as we're transitioning, we we kind of have to come into this place that okay, I know that I'm being changed. I know I'm being I'm being stretched. I'm being um I'm being uh, uh re you know re um uh, uh, repositioned so to speak. So I know that there are mm-hmm. things that are happening. My heart is expanding. My mind is expanding. You know my 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 entire being is is changing because of the circumstances that i've been through but it's like in that place you can get yourself like you said into that cocoon and not want to leave because you you feel safe you you're trapped but you're still safe it's
1: almost that it's almost that image of falling asleep from sorrow Mm-hmm. And I've heard, too, that, you know, if someone tries to break into that cocoon and bust that thing out early, it, it actually dies. That's right. The interference of man That's right. actually kills what's being transformed.
0: Well, you know, if you, and if you think about it this way, too, that the butterfly, like, it's truly about its, its will. It's about, okay, I'm getting out. I'm getting out. I'm going to fight, mm-hmm. I'm going to push, I'm going to pull, I'm going to, I'm going to put my wings in here and I'm going to stretch in this way because they're very fragile. So you have to think about that cocoon withstands so much stuff. And I almost think of like a pressure cooker, you know, <laughs> like yeah. when sometimes when we go through things, we can feel like God has put us in a pressure cooker and it is on full steam ahead <laughs> and we're just sitting there, but he is getting us ripe and ready. He's getting ready to serve us so that we are tender. You know, everybody says that verse. It says that God will take us from glory to glory to glory. And I just don't think that they understand what the glory means.
1: <laughs> and I think, well, that verse, is 2 Corinthians 3.18, but we all with open face beholding in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into that same image from glory to glory, even by the Spirit of the Lord. That word right there, changed. That's the metamorphoo word.
0: Mm, that's good. That is
1: the word that's used there. That that word is used in reference to the transfiguration of Christ. Mhm. Well, you know, when he was be- on the mountain, he was being transfigured into his new state. That's the word that's used there. Oh. That's how we identify with him. That's a really a big deal if you really look at the depth of that word and what that looks like. It doesn't make it feel easier. But it's like, at least there's that spark of hope that this isn't always going to be this way. There is a change coming.
0: Well, I mean, and look at what Jesus endured in order for Jesus to be transformed and transfigured and to be put into this place to change everything. Like seriously, Jesus was the game changer. Jesus was the major upgrade. But look at what happened before. Look at what happened before. And the the word that I kept seeing, the Lord kept showing me was surrender. Jesus surrendered everything that he was as man in order to to achieve what
1: he needed to do. And I think that's where it's easy to call on him in that sense. It's like, okay, he gets it. (laughs) It's like, Jesus, I think only you get it right now. We're in that very dark place. You know, that place when you go to bed at night And all of those things come flashing back in your mind. It's like, God, what are you going to do right now? I know for me, when I was waiting, you know, when that person would text me or whenever in the middle of the night or the phone would ring, I would instantly think, oh gosh, this is it. You know, or my phone would ring at all. I would think it was going to be the paramedics calling me. I was thinking it was going to be, you know, something just because there was so much happening. And when we're in that dark place, it's like, God, I'm lonely here. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody understands what this feels like I, though I know people do when you're in that place yeah, <laughs> like it doesn't feel like that and it doesn't look like that but at the end of the day I know that he's the one you know and I don't get rattled too easy with things like politics and what's happening in the world those things really don't get to me um, it's the personal things that do you know and I think that the whole reason I'm bringing all that up is because just in the last while, I have felt this switch turn on. It was almost like waking up out of it because when you go, it's been like three, four year period. I've been going through all these crazy things and it's not just my things. It's things with my friends. Like, you know, one of my friends was hit by a drunk driver. It's affected her whole life in every little way you can imagine. And it's like those kind of things were building up. And I just felt like, you know, sleeping from sorrow, like that scripture says. And then suddenly, toward the beginning of this year, and I don't know what it was, and it wasn't one of those New Year's resolution things. Oh, this is going to be a year of change, and there's a shift coming, and all those words we hear every December and January. It wasn't that. It was like like a switch turned down on, where I'm like, oh, and I felt the Lord impressing me. I need you to up- upgrade your website. I need you to Get ready for this thing, this book that you've been working on. I want to publish it this year. I want you to do this. And I'm like, I don't feel like publishing a darn thing right now. (laughs) You know (laughs) what I mean? I'm like, I don't care about my website right now. I don't care about anything else. And he's like, no, I'm doing this. I want you to do it. And I'm like, for what? Mm. Why? Why now? Why after all this time suddenly you're in this? These are the kind of conversations I have with God. I don't know about you all. But I don't sit there and bow on the ground and fold my hands every night. My, mine are like real conversations. Jesus, what? Fuck? explain this to me. I don't understand what this is about. And um, he just said, I, just, I really want you to do this. It's time. People need to hear your voice again. People need to know these stories that you have. These haven't been happening for no reason to you. Mm. I'm in them, and I want you to share them because a lot more people— can relate to your dark times than they do to your happy times. And I think it's easy on Facebook to look at people's lives and go, oh, oh, wow, look at this is happening to her. Oh, look at her beautiful grandchildren. Oh, look, she just got a new car. Oh, look at her neighborhood. Blah, blah, blah. No, you don't know what's going on on the other side. The reason I post all those things is because I'm trying to keep myself focused on the beauty around me because it's pretty ugly on the other side of town. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? It's pretty difficult and dark and really, but what he was doing, he's like, ask for upgrades. Remember, like I said Mm. earlier, the hotels, you ask for upgrades, ask me for them. I'm giving them out freely, but you have to ask me or even recognize that you deserve them. Mm. And people have a hard time with that deserve word. You know, the father did not send a son to endure such punishment and pain and ugly for us not to deserve something.
0: I agree with that. I definitely agree. And I think we
1: underestimate the supremacy of Christ. We underestimate the preciousness of his blood. We underestimate what was truly sacrificed on our behalf and the Mm. blessings that come from that. I think we really do, and I think we're spoiled in some ways. And I think that he wants to change our view. He wants to change our perspective to a heavenly one. We are seated in high places with Christ, it's about time we start looking at the view. (laughs) You know? (laughs) That's a word right there. (laughs) This is me me rebuking me. (laughs) This is me saying, okay, but really we have to expect good things from him. Mm. And sometimes when we're in a dark season, we aren't expecting the good things from him, only the, the disasters. And most of us know, you know, he's not sending disaster. He's not making me sick to teach me a lesson. That's not him. Sickness doesn't come from him. Victory comes from him. Yes. And I need to keep my eyes on that because I've felt pretty defeated for a while and just wanted to have a pity party over here. Well, Jesus doesn't do pity parties. Sorry, he doesn't. He, he engages in our suffering with us. He loves us. He's there for us. But he's not focusing on our pity. It's not a gift of the Spirit. No. But,
0: you know, when we, when we go back to these different, like, places, you know, think about all this stuff, like, as you're telling me all these tragedies, oh my gosh, my heart just breaks. I mean, your friend getting hit by a drunk driver, and I, and I keep asking the Lord, I'm like, okay, Lord, what is this? Why, why is there a sickness? Why are we, why are we dealing with this? Why is the body of Christ? Your children, why are we dealing with this? When we have authority over these things, you know, and it's, it's, it's just this place of sometimes, you know, the world just does bad things because I just have to believe that we have a good, good father and he doesn't do these things that he doesn't give us these trials and these tribulations, but sometimes they are allowed because of. Our choices sometimes because of other people's choices. So sometimes we re-put other people's cell, unfortunately, based on proximity and based on decisions. Like that man who was drinking, he made a choice to go out and to drink and to to get behind a car. And the the unfortunate thing is that your friend was the repercussion.
1: Yeah, for sure. And you know what she was doing? She was actually... There's this couple who does um, benevolence, and so she was at their house picking up food for people who don't have any. Oh. She was sitting in a parked car okay. outside their house for them to get back to you. and that's when she was struck by the drunk driver. Wow. And so there's so many things about it that you just go, Lord, that's just unjust. And that for is For those unjust. of us who have a justice meter, we're, yeah. we're like, that's just wrong. I mean, there's so much little details around the whole accident and it's been in a litigation for a long time now, and there's just different things. But it's like, God, where where are you right now? And this is what I loved about the movie The Shack. Oh, I they love The Shack. So many things <laughs> yeah. about the, Like, God, where were you? How did yeah. you let this happen? That whole thing. Yeah, was so great because really those are the questions that people ask. Absolutely. Especially people who don't know Jesus, and that's why they don't want to, because they think that he has something to do with it all. That's like the main question of our, our very soul. Every human being wants to know why. Why is this happening like this? Why do you let this happen? You just watched it and didn't do anything. Mm. And it just doesn't make any sense to us. But really, there are decisions made by other people. We have free will. We can do wrong things if we want to. We can abuse things that were meant for our use. You know? Yeah. And it's, those, are, those are the hard questions. But those are just basic reality. We have those things especially for those of us who are believers and do pray and ask God for protection, read the scriptures that say you will protect us. And then when we feel unprotected, what do we do first? We accuse him. Yeah. When he's like, what? I didn't have anything (laughs) to do with that. And he didn't. Right. He didn't at all.
0: You know, that I'm thinking about the shack because I read the book, the Mm book, the book really changed my life. It really did. And, um, the, you know, Mac actually asks, like, how, how did you let this happen? How did you let this happen? You know, were, how could you let her be alone? And in, in the book, he addresses it. Papa says I was, we, that I was with her. Or actually, I think he said Jesus was with her. He was with her the whole time, and she was so strong, and she was so brave, and he was right there with her, and she was never alone. She was never alone. And I I was kind of sad they didn't put that in the movie, because I think that's Mm -hmm. so important. See, I think it's easy for us to relate to Jesus because of his suffering, Mm -hmm. but it's very hard for us to relate to God, because we think that he
1: caused the suffering and it's especially when some of us have had fathers who haven't reflected the exactly, heart of a father exactly
0: exactly and, and so we
1: have this idea about him that isn't right
0: right and you know that's that's the um i think that's the biggest thing you know as we were as we we're talking about this whole upgrade thing you know i was just thinking about like esther and i kept seeing esther and i kept seeing that you know god's not mentioned in the book of esther it's a one one chapter right that the, the god is really not mentioned you don't see him you don't hear him speaking to her or telling her i'm with you or anything and they they call it the the hidden hand of god in in the book of mm-hmm. esther but you know what she got an upgrade she got an upgrade yeah. what she went through she when she surrendered when she fasted and she prayed when she put she went out in obedience when she stuck her neck out, because she knew that going before the king, she could die. But she yeah. still did it. That when, when he did come to her, she got her upgrade. And she knew, she knew that she had him when he came. Because she, cause he said, what is it that you want? I'll give you to up to half my kingdom. And she goes, I'd like you to come back here tomorrow so I can do this to you again so i can give so i can just um, celebrate you and, and be good to you and just love on you and i think that's that's part of the upgrade when we start to love on people when we start to stop thinking about our own agenda when we start to see god in the midst of it even though it's difficult and it's scary i think that's the upgrade that's what i think it is I don't think that for some people, yes, it's definitely different positions, definitely more influence. Like, um, yes, I completely agree with that. But gosh, Tony, everything you've been through, everything that you've overcome, you now have victory over it and you now have authority over it. Now you can use it to
1: help other people get free. That's an upgrade. It is an upgrade, <laughs> and and we don't think of it like that, but really, and mm-hmm. this is why I'm speaking about it so soon, because it's only been in the last few months that I've had this sudden, like, awakening, where it's like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. things are changing, and they're changing fast. I need to, in obedience, make the moves I need to make to be in flow with that, because it's easy to stay in that dark place sometimes, because you almost get used to it after a while, and some people do some people never do they just scream and fight through the whole thing but it's Mm. like okay for me I'm not a screamer and a fighter Mm. I'm just to go with the flow it's like I'm just going to go with this and see what happens and just let it play out because I know this isn't it forever what do I need to do in the meanwhile because I think there is a meanwhile yeah and And I think that what we do in the meanwhile matters so it's like I'm going to be obedient to whatever that looks like even if I don't feel like doing it and
0: you know, I just I I just feel so compelled to apologize to you for those people who said who were like the friends in Job, I just want to apologize for anybody ever addressing your character or condemning you. I, I'm just I just wanna just release that, like forgive them forgiveness. I know you have forgiven them, but I just feel like that was such an injustice to you and your character and who you are. And I just I just felt so compelled just to like just like say, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. And just like to even like speaking for them, just saying that I'm so sorry that that was ever brought up.
1: Yeah, I really appreciate that. And that's one of the things, honestly, in the last couple months that has changed so much is I went to another event that I was speaking at recently for entrepreneurs and artists, and they had a prophetic team there, which was awesome. And I'm kind of in that, zone where I've hosted a lot of big name prophets. I've equipped a lot of people that are prophets that don't have a name. I've been around prophetic people and have functioned in the office for a long time. So when I go to events, I don't ever think I'm going to get a word. I just, because for a long time, I just never did and never really, it was fine with me. I was always happy when other people got prophetic words. I wasn't one of those who would wear a red shirt so they would stand out. Because <laughs> That's just not me. I have (laughs) prophetic friends that text me and call me and whatever. I don't really need that. And I've never really relied on prophets. Mm -hmm. That sounds really weird being one and not really relying on them. But I just really am not like that. So at this conference, they had a prophetic time. And they had a team of probably, I'm guessing it was 10. I didn't really count. But three of them had words for me. Wow. Which was so odd for me. And they weren't just oh, you're coming into a new season, blah, blah, blah. Not a generic word. Yeah, they were specific. The one, guy, the one guy who's the leader of this team, and he was speaking for a long time, he kept looking at me when he was speaking, and then um, he let everybody prophesy. Two of those people prophesied over me, and I'm talking about serious, accurate, detailed stuff. Well, then at the end, he looks at me and he goes, I'm sorry, I can't stop without talking to you. And he said, I am so, so sorry about what happened to you. Mm. I am so sorry that the leaders that you had spoke to you that way and about you that way. And I mean, okay, I got the ugly cry. I was sitting in the front row, which (laughs) I never do either. Mm. I never, never do. I seriously threw my head down and was like, (gasps) (gasps) I mean, it was a serious, ugly cry. Mm -hmm. But everything he said was so true. And it's things I don't talk about because it's very difficult. I mean, the people that know me really well know. Mm. But when you have people that are well known that have been your leaders in your region, talk about you like that, it's awful. Like when you go places at the grocery store and people give you dirty looks and are mean to you and you know why? Because you know that leader has spoken ill of you and you know it for a fact. That is very, very difficult. So when that leader said what he said and what you said just now makes a huge difference in me wanting to be in the public eye at all, if that makes sense. Because the thing about it is, I've always been a background kind of a girl. I still like the background. When my husband and I went into full-time ministry, he had to drag me to the front. He had to make me use a microphone. It was that bad. So God did this whole thing with it, and then now I was kind of back at that place, like I don't want it ever again. But when you release words of freedom like that and apology like that, it's very, very powerful, and I guarantee... Some of the people and a lot of the people listening to you and I right now know exactly what I'm talking about because mm. they've been there too. It, they've had those word curses over them too.
0: It just breaks my heart. It really does. It just breaks my heart. It really. And uh, I'm just going to say this because this is something that God, we were we were actually praying. Um, there were a bunch of women. We were all together. We were all praying. We were intercessing. We were praying for the president. And his family and um, I started I actually started to see some of the very famous women who were saying some stuff about our president and I actually saw a vision now this was not my thoughts these were visions that I saw so I just want to clarify it for those who are listening Mm -hmm. but I actually saw tape duct tape coming across their mouth and I and my immediate reaction was uh oh Uh uh-oh, the Lord started to talk to me about that people, especially who are going after people in ministry and are talking smack about them, that are starting to dishonor them. You know, there's that scripture that says, do not touch my anointed. God Mm -hmm. is very particular about those who he has placed in power, those who he has given influence He's very protective about that because that is his name. That is his honor because only he can do that. And the Lord started to talk to me about what this is going to look like. And he basically has said to me, do not talk bad about any leaders. He said this to me because you will have to pay for this.
1: And this is what the hard thing about it is for me. And I wrote some articles recently about spiritual abuse, mm-hmm. is that's one of the scriptures that people use to keep people quiet mm. about spiritual abuse. So this is where the fine line is for me. I've In the articles, I wrote about stories about people who have been in that place, and those have had the most juice on them. Mm. Those those had shares, especially when someone like Al Mack or Brain Medic yeah. share your thing. Yes. It goes crazy. Yes, I had so many shares on those, and I'm like, why are these so popular? If this is hard to write, I don't want to write it. Because really, some people could probably guess who the people are that I talk about. You know what I mean? Like right. leaders in the region, whatever. And the Lord's like, somebody has to talk about That's it. Right. Because you're not talking about it because you're trying to touch the Lord's anointing. You're talking about it because you're trying to set people free. That's right. Of it because you know what that pain is. That's right. And it's a very difficult pain to walk around with because it's like you it's don't a, know who to trust anymore. It's just a whole, it's it's horrible.
0: One of the things and, somebody, but, s- I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: No, I, I think it's just one of those things that happens quite often. Because I asked somebody, why are you so popular? And I said, because it happens all the time and you're touching on a subject that people are afraid to talk about. Mm. That's so good. They really are. But I think it's it's very easy in our society right now to talk smack about people because there's no accountability in some ways. You know, you can be on Facebook and say whatever you want. I get really frustrated with the whole thing. You know, people talking about Trump, people talking about Obama, people talking about whatever. And it's like, you know who sets up those authorities, don't you? <laughs> it's like, don't yeah. forget who actually sets them up. You know, it's not people, people, but it really isn't people. And it's really, I think that we have to start thinking about people differently if we're going to change anything. Absolutely.
0: Oh, no, absolutely. And and one of the things that people have told me is that church hurts are the biggest hurts to get rid of. Oh, yeah. That's like, that's huge.
1: Yes, because for me, I did healing ministry for several years. That was my primary thing that I did, you know, inner healing and deliverance. And I tell a lot of those stories on my Facebook. I'm sure you've read some. But The primary thing people talk about, there are two things that hurt people the most, that they talk about the most. It's either um, family, like primary family wounds, like mother wound, father wound, siblings, or it's spiritual abuse by the church. And it's not just because of who my, my sphere is that I hear that. Because I've ministered to people that aren't even believers, believe it or not, and their greatest wounds, even that part of some clergy somewhere, some something. And so it's a really big, huge topic that nobody wants to talk about because they don't want to talk about their former leaders or leaders that have hurt them. They don't want to. Well, and They the, don't want all the backlash.
0: Absolutely. And the other thing that the Lord kind of showed me um, for this season, because women are rising up. Tony, get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Because you're a woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and he yeah. was showing me that what he's going to be doing in um, – with his church, is he's going to be sending them out two by two, but it's going to be men and women together.
1: Yes. Because. And that was one
0: of the, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say because men can only, there are certain things that a man can talk to a man about that he can't talk to a woman about. And the same thing with a woman. Mm-hmm. There are certain things mm-hmm. that a woman cannot talk to a man about that, that needs to be spoken to to a woman. And the problem is that there hasn't been that that. That enter uh, um, that the, that there haven't been the different sexes to go to, and so what happens is that as a woman reveals her her um, intimate secrets, so to speak, unfortunately it causes a. Change in, in in the relationship because she's sharing stuff that is extremely intimate and it's very vulnerable and it and it and that's where I believe that a lot of these um, crushes and and things that happen in the clergy because this stuff needs to be shared with a woman who's not going to have those kinds of feelings.
1: But when women haven't been allowed to be clergy, that's right, it causes a problem. I think that was one of the things my husband and I got criticized a lot about. And it didn't even come necessarily in, you shouldn't be doing that. But it was like, because when we were senior leaders, we both were. Mm. And so we both had equal authority. We worked together. Yeah, This is where it was interesting, though. Because people aren't used to functioning that way, they still play. You know how your kids, maybe your kids don't do this, but kids often do. They kind of play parents against one another. Oh, they like try. <laughs> if, if, my, if my son comes to me and says something and I say no, he'll go to dad or whatever, guess what? That happened in ministry too. Oh yeah, all the time, and it was, and I'm like, I could tell who has a dysfunctional family growing up, and who has a relatively healthy because they didn't do that, they didn't play one against another, but it was like our our system is so broken because women have been silent for so long that that absence of a woman's voice has affected our society in a really big way. The thing, the interesting thing about it though, Lisa is. I would have a lot of young men actually come to me for counsel because they haven't been allowed to. Like in other churches, they weren't allowed to, because it was men on men, women on women as a rule. But what happened was, because women had been silent or whatever, the young men were missing the mother's voice and leadership in the church. So whenever they could grab me for a minute, they wanted to hear my counsel. And they were asking questions like, what do I do about my girlfriend? Like, what do we do about this thing? What do we do about, you know, we want to have sex together. How do we resist each other? They didn't ask my husband. They wanted me to tell them about women. And it's like, we haven't allowed that for so long that it's become warped. And I think they need to hear a woman's point of view from the pulpit. And this is what I had a women's. Thing, very much like what you had uh, recently back in I think it was 2012 and I called it voices because that was the word that the Lord gave me was I was in my office I was in prayer laying on the ground and he said I want you to have a women's event I want you to call it voices and I want you to call this woman who is a particular woman and ask her if she'll do it with you and I'm like I don't even know if that's her name did I hear that right I don't know her like I knew who <laughs> she was but I did not uh-huh. know her so I literally called her church. She was a pastor at a local church, and I called her church, and I said, hey, can I make an appointment with uh, blah, blah, blah? And she, they're like, okay. So I made an appointment with her, and I came, and she goes, oh, so what's up? And I go, well, this may sound crazy, but I was in prayer, and the Lord told me to ask you if you would participate with me in, in this in this event for women called Voices. And she's like, that's so crazy. She goes, it's so crazy that I'll do it. And so she did it with me. We became very good friends. I did it with another friend of mine. But my point in saying that is the one, one of my team members said to me, I have this vision of women's faces, but their lips are sewn together, Ooh. like all jaggedy, like sewn, you know, with a big needle and just like real sloppy And it. But their lips are sealed because they've been sewn shut. Wow. I feel like we need to make a prophetic declaration and like cut that string and loose those lips. And so we did. We had a time, we had them stand up and said, look, some of you have been bound, and some of you, your lips have been sewn together. It's time to undo that thread. And so we did a prophetic act act at that time, and a lot of women got free from it. And you know what? The key element was, I had my husband come up, and he declared over them, that they were allowed to speak, that they had his permission, not my husband's permission, but God's permission, that he had been calling them to speak. And I'm telling you, there was not a dry eye in the house. They needed to hear it from a male that it was okay to be free to speak and to have authority and to use it. And it was so freeing for me. I still remember it to this day, how clear it is in my head, how moving. And then as a couple, we laid hands on each other, and I, when I laid hands on him, I said, I honor your authority. I honor you. I respect your position. I honor what you have to say and who you are as a man. And I'm telling you, he got whacked. <laughs> he was <laughs> like, oh, my God. No, but there's such power in men and women blessing each other, and we miss that. Because we have separated the two ministries, men over here, women over there. But really, there is a proper time for interaction and for release. You have to release each other.
0: Absolutely. And I, I think that's what's going to happen. And I think that there are going to be ministries that are going to be like like a man's ministry is going to partner with a woman's ministry. They might not be a couple, but God is going to sanctify that this relationship, so it doesn't get like skewed. Of course, but it's because Deborah
1: and Barack weren't married. That's each right,
0: other. and that they,
1: they were just partners. That's in the right. With that's each right. Other, and they knew they needed each other.
0: Exactly, and that's what God's going to do in this season. So, and it, it's funny because, um, you know, the God is so funny. He started to. Uh, I was watching just television, and this commercial came on, and it was um the new Smurf movie. And it was like the hidden, (laughs) the lost hidden Smurfs or something. And do you know who the lost hidden Smurfs were? It was an entire tribe of women warrior Smurfs.
1: Oh my. Yes. That's
0: funny. And I heard the Lord saying, see, even the Smurfs have the women hidden. But they were warriors (laughs) and they needed these warriors. Because remember in the Smurf village, there was only Smurfette. There was only one woman. And she was all pretty and everybody liked Smurfette and everything. But in this new movie, there's a bunch of them. There's And they're a tribe <laughs> and they're fierce. They're fierce. And that's what I keep hearing the Lord saying is that he's raising up these women to do what they're called to do. Because it's going to take both man and woman together. Just like in the Garden of Eden. It's going to take a man and a woman to start that's to right. do what needs to be done to get this world ready for the coming of our Lord.
1: That's right.
0: Woo-hoo. Yeah, I know, right? Serious upgrade. Serious upgrade. And that's what I think the the whole upgrade. I think that's why women are feeling it more. Because there has been such, they've been so stagnant. So I feel that this is, um, and I just keep hearing the Lord. Like every time I talk to a woman, I just look at them. I'm like, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Because I, I just hear it. Just get ready. Just get ready because when, when you're going to hear that sound, it's going to be move. And I, I, did, um, I did a Facebook Live today and I kind of talked about transitioning because what the Lord was showing me, and I, I do want to talk about this again because I felt like it was really important. The Lord started to show me that in this transition, just like you went through all your stuff, you know that you've gone through this stuff, you're now ready to start moving. But it's like, how do you pick up again? How do you start again? How do you start moving again? I mean, you were there. You went into this this mm-hmm. cocoon thing, right? Now you're coming back and now you're – I was about – well, I'm going to say it anyway. So, sorry, Lord. But now you're this badass butterfly. <laughs> sorry. I just, I just had to say – I just had – there was no other word because that's what popped into my head. So, there you go. So
1: <laughs> – No sense here.
0: Okay, good. So you know, so you're this badass butterfly that's now like like Mothra. Like now you're seriously going to cause, yeah, you're gonna seriously cause some damage to the things that have been done. You are gonna start to take. You are gonna be noticed because that's the thing about Mothra. Mothra was noticed. Could be seen seen for miles and miles and miles. And that's what the Lord is saying. And I feel like what he's doing is he's taking these women and he's putting us together and he's like stitching us together because we are going to be a force to be reckoned with. And the things that we're going to go after is going to be the church. Yeah, That's where we're going. I feel it so strong in my belly because it's It's time. It's time. It's time for us to start to show who father is, who daddy is.
1: Yep. I, I think our upgrades have been delayed, but our upgrades are imminent. Yes. So get ready.
0: Yes. Yes. And so just like um, as I was talking on my Facebook, I saw that, um, that it was an elevator. And I saw this elevator it was going really, really, really fast. And I saw and, and but yet yeah, people were jumping off before it got to the floor and it's like in this transition time it's just like when you're in an elevator like you don't know what to do in an elevator everybody com- becomes very awkward in an elevator <laughs> You know, you push your button and you're like, oh gosh, I'm going to be with these people. And if you don't know them, you don't know where to look. You just, you kind of look down because you just don't know. And you just, or you stare at the screen as, as each floor, you know, pops open. And then you, you smile at the person and go, okay, have a nice day. You know, so there's this awkwardness. And I think that's the thing. It's okay to feel awkward in the transition it's okay, but I think that in in an elevator, all you can do is just rest, just wait
1: because
0: yeah. you know you're going, you know you're going up, you feel yourself, you know, going, you can feel the ascension now, you, but you just have to stay in that place of just anticipation and just waiting because you know you're going to get to the floor and you know the doors are going to open.
1: Patience is a key, my friend. Yes. Patience
0: is a key. Absolutely. And, you know, Tony, I just have to thank you for being so real and so honest and so raw, quite honestly. I mean, the stuff that you've been through, like, it was, that's a lot to deal with, especially in two days, have a rat and then an ants.
1: Seriously? That was a very intense season where I was like, really, I, I know I ticked off some witches in my time. Maybe they cursed me. That's what I, you know, that's the
0: first thing. That is absolutely the first thing I thought of. That was the first I, thing I, I, I thought of.
1: i off a few in my time, not meaning to at all. But they came and they did their thing. And I said, hey, that's not okay. And they didn't like that. Right. Things got weird. And so I've, I've prayed that off. I've done the best I can to pray that off. Right. But it almost felt like. I went through a lot of things in seven years, Mm -hmm. since 2010 to 2017, like a lot of crazy stuff. That only covered maybe a few of the things in a short span of that time. Right. But really, I feel like I'm coming out of a cycle. I think there are cycles for things, and it's like I'm coming out of a cycle.
0: I agree. And if I had, um, when I ended my uh, women's conference, I played the song I'm Coming Out by Diana Ross, and i just hear that song for you. That you are coming out, baby. You are coming out stronger and brighter and bolder than ever before. Because I and I'm hearing the words "no holds bar." You're not holding anything back. You're not doing anything that needs to be dealt that that doesn't need to be dealt with. So you are just going to go like a um, – I almost see like a, a tornado. I see like the Tasmanian devil. I'm a big Bugs Bunny fan. And I see you like a Tasmanian devil. And I see you just spinning, spinning, spinning. And as these things, as you start to pick up that speed, things are just going to be rocked and are going to be put back into their proper place. Because God has something that is, is – he has packed you with such a punch – that, that people are not going to know what hit them.
1: <laughs> thank you. I received that, and so much of that is so ridiculously true. It's funny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's how he is. He is very funny. Well, Tony, I just want to thank you so much for, for coming on Touch by Prayer. This has just been such a blessing, and I just uh, I want to encourage you to come back whenever you want to come back.
1: Sure, anytime.
0: Okay, and if you still, now people can still access your website, which is TonyImson.com?
1: Right now it has a message up that's under construction because I am upgrading my website. However, it will be up soon with all new content, and I will start putting on things that are downloadable, ebooks, all kinds of things like that I'm working on, and video
0: yes i i agree video video (laughs) video and i i do see another book
1: yes i've got several in Mm -hmm. the works i am working on a fiction novel right now um and i'm having a lot of help getting that going and that's one of the reasons i felt like i should upgrade because that's the direction i'm going in
0: that is awesome well thank you so much tony thank you for coming on touch by prayer this is just it's been so much fun
1: thank you so much for having me Yes,
0: and thank you guys for tuning in. Like I said, if you'd like to catch, um, To keep up with Tony, you can go to her website. It will be up soon, ToniImson.com. You can also find her on Facebook. And you know what? You can also private message her. So just if you'd like to give her a word of encouragement, if you would just like to thank her for the things that she's done, or if you just want to just send her a little post, letting her know that you are behind her because Tony's about to start marching. And it'd be great for her to know that she has has some people in the uh, stands just waving as she keeps marching by. So thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you um, for uh, all your support. Love you guys. remember to go out and touch someone. Good night.